Welcome to Kankakee Podcast. I am Jake Lamore, your host, and this is where we talk about and uh, talk to the people and places of Kankakee County. Now, who we're talking to today is someone that has uh, been waking up with people in the county for a number of years now. Um, and uh, there, there was actually a short period of time where he wasn't waking people up. Um, on morning radio, but uh, that didn't last too long, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll obviously get into that whole shebang. But I'm proud to call him a uh, a coworker and uh, a friend as well. So let's uh, welcome Mike Tamano to the show. Thank you. <laughs> this is really nice. Thanks, man. I'm very Thank proud you. of what you're doing. I'm really inspired by your uh, not only your ingenuity. But uh, your drive is just... Uh, oh, thanks, man. I don't know how, uh, how much ingenuity I really have, but well, I really appreciate the kind words. I do. I do. <laughs> when I record stuff, for, like for my show or something, I do it yeah. in a closet at home. So I'm looking at this. This is like, you know, this is a professional studio. Beautiful. Well, almost. Almost. It's, it's just curtains, you know. But I mean, it's, uh, it's literally doing the best with what, what I have yeah. at the time. Yeah. And, and my, like I said, my mom is the one that helped me put these drapes up because I was like, ah, I, you know, I'm not good at that stuff. So, well, you, but, but also as a broadcaster, I mean, I, I admire you because uh, you're kind of a throwback to, you know, to the, the, the things that I appreciate about broadcasters where you connect with the audience, you go beyond delivering music or, or talking about news or what's going on in the community where you're just kind of you're kind of hanging out with people, and that was always what impressed me with broadcasters that I grew up with. Um, the fact that you thought they weren't talking to an audience; they were talking right to you, and, and you possess that. And, and your other podcast, I listen to uh, by proxy because my daughter, my daughter, <laughs> right, she who, listens who, to who, pop punk and pizza yeah, sometimes. She, she yeah. does, yeah, she loves yeah. it, which is which is awesome. You got a lot of fans. So, thanks, man. There's a, there's a lot of people that don't even know that podcast exists when they've listened to this one or they've listened yeah. to to me on on the air they just they have no idea that there's that I actually have been podcasting for longer than you know the last three weeks or a month or right, whatever, right. you know, this, how long this podcast has been going on. Um, well, this but, is a great idea because the Kankakee River Valley is a, a rich environment in, in the history and the stories and the characters and the people and the events. Yeah, you got plenty of material to draw from. Exactly. What I'm doing here, I have no idea. But. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna get into that. And uh, well, thanks thanks for the kind words, man. I really yeah, appreciate yeah, that. I mean, that's that's way too kind. But I I probably should have emphasized a little more uh, for for people that actually aren't familiar with Mike Tamano. So currently, 
this present day. Uh, this is uh, May 21st, 2021. Mike Tamano is the uh, morning show host on the Valley, 92.7 FM here in Kankakee. Um, and that's from 5 until 10, Monday through Friday. Um, but Mike is, is you know, well-known in, in morning radio because before that, it was uh, you and Tui um, on the uh, – it wasn't on Milner Media, but it was Star Radio across town in in, in uh, Kankakee. And yeah, that... Steve and I were off and on since uh, we got together in 96. Is when I, 95, 96 is when I met him. Yeah. And maybe before that, but we had – Talked about doing radio together, and uh, yeah, he came and went, and came and went, and uh, yeah, I just I, I I feel like I just from my perspective, I feel like that's when most people yeah learned about about you and oh, yeah. in the in the Kankakee area was when it was Tamano and Tui yeah was definitely a lot of people might reckon they're like oh yeah now I remember yeah. or you know so um, well, we did a lot of things that made people talk so that was. <laughs> We were out of our minds. Well, I can't. We're we're gonna get into some of those things because yeah. I want to hear about them. But oh, I I do. I, I just kind of wanted to touch that real quick, and and I want to go back to the very, the very beginning of Mike Tamano. Okay. So you know, you're born and raised. I know on the south side of Chicago. Where yeah. exactly at Midway Airport area? Okay. Blue collar, um, uh, Polish, Mexican. Italian, Irish, you know. It's, I always it's forget there's pot. Mexican. Are, are you talking about in the neighborhood or your yeah. family? No, no. No, oh, okay. no. My parents are buried in a Mexican uh, uh, cemetery. And it's funny because when I first met my wife, and she's from out in in the Wilmington area, uh, she said, you know, it's Mother's Day. Are we going to visit your mother's grave? I said, oh, I'm not going to there. I said, the, it's mariachi bands. I said, it takes two hours to get in because the line. And she's like, she thought I was kidding. <laughs> I said, no, you don't. And so we got there. Did and she you, was, you took it? Okay. Yeah, so you I actually said, I told you. I said, it's going to take me an hour. We're at the gate of the cemetery. I can point to my mother's grave. It'll take us an hour to get there because, this, the, you know, that's a big celebration. That's a oh, big sure. Day. Yeah. I so mean, it was it, a culture shock to her because she had never seen that. You're right. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm Italian and Irish and- uh, my mother Irish, my father Italian, and, and to be specific, Sicilian. Sicilian, well, yeah. part yeah, half Sicilian, half uh, Calabrese. <laughs> okay, okay. So it, listen, because because I, I know people get, oh, they get pretty technical, especially when it comes with yeah. Sicilian. They're like, no, I am not Italian. Yeah, right. I am Sicilian. And you where know? is Sicily? Yeah, people. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so uh, my father was uh, a truck driver, and my mother was a homemaker until. Uh, until I graduated high school, and then she went into uh, she went into uh, like uh, marketing at the Palmer House Hotel, which was pretty interesting because she that's late, so yeah, random. She was in her forties, and she decided to. Uh, you would think, oh yeah, she got a part time job at the gas station or yeah. something like that. No, she you know. she got hired to uh, to work with like um, you, like if someone like a dignitary would come in, a politician or an, or an ambassador or whatever, or or a movie star, a rock star, sure. And they had certain things that they needed, like they needed you to call a car for them at a specific time. She would do all that. And so, she, so that's like hospitality, almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and she got to know some great people. Side note, because you know I'm good for that. <laughs> oh, there's there's so many side notes. She would and that's collect. Okay. She would she would collect on index cards autographs. Mm-hmm. And then she would say, and then when I would stop by the house to visit, she said, "Look at this." I, and, and one particular day, she's like, "I got a stack of." Um, 
of autographs for you. And she gave me John Cleese from Monty Python, <laughs> which is like my hero, right? I was going to say, like, that's, oh my and that's probably what she remembered is because yeah. she probably didn't get into, you know. No, she, you know, yeah, she just knew that he, my, just, my son loves you. Yeah, you know? right. Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan. Um, who else was in that stack? Richard Mulligan, who was an actor on the TV show Soap. And it's funny that I remember exactly. There was like. What else was he known for? Because that sounds familiar. I can't remember. John, you said John Mulligan? Richard Mulligan. Or Richard Mulligan. So there was Richard Mulligan, Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, uh, John Cleese, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> My God. And, and I remember this because I had to be 19. So this would have been in the 80s, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, At this point? 88. Or, or, oh, okay. All right. And. I remember I had a blue, <laughs> oh no, I had a blue denim shirt on, uh -huh. and I put them all in the breast pocket. Oh no! And I wanted to protect them, so I buttoned the breast pocket. No, so you I, didn't. Oh, oh wait! Oh yes, I did. Oh. I get home and uh, my my roommate Danny's like, "Hey, you know, we got to do some lot. Look at this. Two, yeah. two bachelors, you know, living together. I'm like, look at this. This house is a mess." Oh, we got to do laundry. So I just took the shirt off and I threw it in the hamper. Oh. And I remember getting that shirt out and it had like like white fuzz all over the pocket. And, like, and they were all mushed oh, together. Man. I was like, man. And that is like a metaphor for how I've handled life. <laughs> There's elation and then, oh, what did I just do? That's kind of, it's always followed by that. So. Wow. Man, that, so, yeah. that is that is so unfortunate. Oh, yeah. I was, it, I'll never knew, get those autographs back. Because you knew I was going to ask you, do you still have them? No, and yeah. So, <laughs> they should be framed somewhere. Yeah. Oh. But uh, so, so then uh, after high school, um, and it's funny, in high school, <clears throat> I, my mother got me a job because she knew people in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Working for a concert promoter in Chicago. And then they put me at this place, Ticketmaster. You know, which, you know, was like but, taking over was, Ticketron. At was the time. this when you were working for Jam? Yeah. Well, I or was did actually. It, eventually yeah, it was the same Jam. thing. Oh, it was okay. the guys from Jam who said, hey, we need you over at Ticketmaster. Oh, okay. I look at this. I mean, no, this is in high school. This is actually before I got out of high school. I started part time in high school. Then afterwards, I went full time. So mid, mid to late 80s. The 80s, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I would do that like on weekends and stuff during, you know, or summertime during high school. And you talk about me, you know, being in high school, it's like, oh, hey, uh, captain of the cheerleading team, you like Brian Adams? I have first row for Brian Adams. You know, yeah. Oh, you like Springsteen? So you were the cool. You were I the cool was kid. Ferris Bueller. Were... <laughs> so then I went full time into that, and from there, in college, I studied advertising and marketing. Always wanted to be in radio. But it's, it was a weird thing. Like, I didn't think that I needed to go to college to learn how to talk on the radio. I wanted to learn the mechanics of it. So yeah. I, was taking, I was taking acting classes. And, and, the, is, and the advertising and the and advertising Because yeah. I knew it was an advertising-driven advertising, advertising -driven medium. Yeah. And I knew that you had to have performance skills. Right. Now, rather than just be logical and major in radio, I had to go the the, the long way around. <laughs> well, like back up real quick. Like as a child, though. Yeah. Were you were you doing theater? I mean, I know you were. In, you you picked up music. I know that. Yeah. You I know, would, guitar yeah. and drums and all that. Yeah, but... I played drums um, when I was a kid. I took lessons and from from a guy who's still one of my dearest friends, Bob Berg, who. Taught me not only how to play drums, you know, the rudiments of drums and the basics and the foundations and, and, and what it means to be a rhythmic player, 
and a support for a band and, and to collaborate and to listen to other people, what they're doing. But he would teach me the philosophy of music. And he also taught me about creativity because I was a young kid, 12, 13 years old, and he's bringing over, you know, I'm listening to Kiss records and, and Rush, you know, and, oh, you know, this is the greatest thing ever. And he would bring over Miles Davis. Uh, and I didn't really appreciate it back then, but I still have all those records. I can't imagine what you were thinking back then. You're like, oh, you're like. Yeah, like, what are these guys? This, this is noise. This old, yeah, this old stuff. Like, why yeah. do I, I, I don't care about this. This right. is my parents' What about music. Thin Lizzy? Right. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a band. Yeah, right. These guys are just making. Yeah. But, but he, he taught me about that. He taught me about um, how to swing, you know, how to, how to listen to the big band players and how they were moving the band. They were driving the band. Yeah. And so he had these little philosophical um, adages, you know, that he would give me. And these little, these little, um, is adages the proper word? I, I mean, you're, you're the, the person with better vocabulary than. I have to look than... at the word adage. But, <laughs> but he, would, he, would, he would put these things in my head that would, um, yeah, short statement expressing okay. great truth. Okay, see, I would, I, would, well, I, would, I would have called you later and said, I was going to say, the, you're, you're the one with the, the, the words because yeah. you've got that, uh, that, you still do that segment, right? These three words. These three on, words, On your yeah. show, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that came as a, uh, well, now we're getting all over the place. We'll go that, back to my childhood okay. in a moment. That's okay. We went, uh, Rob and I were one, one day, I said, you know what's weird is the other day I used these three particular words, um, and I, I don't think I've ever used them before, but I'm glad I had them in my... You know, in my holster of words, I yeah. had them at the yeah. ready, yeah, and that became a bit. So now every day we we expand our vocabulary with these three words. It's bizarre, but I like to do things that are original. Hey, you, know? you have to educate the the fine people yeah, of the Kankakee yeah, right, River right. Valley. You We're know? all learning together. Yeah, so, yeah. So Rob and I collect dictionaries of strange words, and we have them piled up in the studio. And and uh, so, but that was that goes way back to. Um, to high school where I tried to learn learn a new word every day uh-huh. and then not use it. Because I <laughs> one of my pet peeves, again, going the wrong way to get to a point, because usually you'd say, I want to learn a new word because I want to learn new words. Yeah. I had a pet peeve where I would notice that if someone learned a new word, they would continually use it over and over and it would drive me crazy. Oh, okay. So, I, I, I'm guilty of that for sure. Everybody does yeah, it, you know? Right. Like they get a new word and then it, it pops in twice in the conversation. You're like, really? <laughs> Serendipity? Twice in the last 10 minutes? They're, they're just trying to flex, you know? They're, they're trying to work it out, right? Yeah, yeah. So I said, I'm going to learn a new word, but I'm not going to use it until it really comes out naturally. Okay. So anyway, well, because I'm back in my childhood. Yeah. So I took drums I did some school plays in grammar school. Okay, and that's high, what I wondered yeah. if if acting came in at that early age or if acting came. I think acting later. came in later um, because in high school, I, I I didn't enjoy high school. I didn't I didn't hate it, but I I wanted to get home. Yeah, you weren't involved in like the extracurriculars. Not too much. Not yeah. once in a while. My extracurricular was our. You know, we had a sister school, Maria, and that was my. Extracurricular. I would rather, you know, date girls and go to concerts and stuff. <laughs> but I was working at, you know, for, at a concert promotion yeah. business, so that was kind of a fantasy world. I was meeting rock stars in mm-hmm. high school. It was it was cool. Right. Um, sophomore year, you too played the UIC Pavilion, and I took this girl I really liked, Teresa, and I'm going to make sure she listens to this. <laughs> I, I said, "Hey, I have fourth row to you too." Yeah, and. Bono, at one point, was parading around the stage 
And people were throwing hats up to him. Like he put on a beret and he would act out the beret. Oh, and sure. He would take the hat off and throw it back to the person. Yeah. And another person walked up and they threw him a cowboy hat. And he put on the cowboy hat and he kind of strutted around. And, <laughs> of course. And then he threw the cowboy <laughs> hat back. Someone else threw a cap, like a painter's cap. Those were very big in the 80s. They threw a painter's cap. He turned the, the, uh, the bill up, you know, and he kind of did a weird duck walk and he threw it back to the audience. Well, I had a Gibson guitar hat that I had to call. Because back then you couldn't go on the internet. There was no internet. Or no, yeah, you, you had just to order stuff. Yeah, well, or from a catalog, yeah, you could right. order it maybe. If you yeah, know. but well, you got to then you got to go to you got to go to a guitar store. You got to get a catalog. Yeah, you have to, yeah. So I I had this this guy got me a Gibson hat. It was a cool blue white letters Gibson guitars, and it was so cool. And I wanted to impress this girl Teresa. That was when I, I walked up and I took my hat off and I threw it to Bono, and Bono put it on. And he grabbed the guitar and he was playing it. And then he turned it backwards, and then they did another song, and they did another song, and then, good night, Chicago, we love you. <laughs> and he had my hat on. And he, I, he, so here's me at, after the show. I'm at the, you know, the little gate to the backstage area. I'm telling this giant bodyguard, uh, Bono has my hat. Can you get it? He goes, I'm sorry, bro. I can't help you. Well, no, you have to help me. I, I waited forever to get that hat, and I had to, no, no, I, I can't get your hat, man. <laughs> I, so he's got my hat. So if anybody knows Bono, you know, because we know John Oates has ties to, from Hall and Oates has ties to Bourbon Sure, sure. If someone could Oh, that's right. The, he, someone's married. He married or, someone married, from St. Anne or something. Yeah, something like that. Is he still married to that I don't know, person? but he's got to know Bono. Right. Tell him I want you my would hat think back. so, yeah. <laughs> have, have this person contact this person yeah. and then eventually we'll... So we'll yeah, so there. after high school and everything, so so then I I was I was um, I was at Ticketmaster. I was working for them, and then I got hired to write copy for an independent um, advertising guy. But this was out of oh, this a was, college or yeah, in yeah, college. this was afterwards, and and then um, I'm trying to piece it all together. Yeah, and then I I started taking uh, classes at a place called Players Workshop. And I learned improvisation, and I learned collaborative writing and performance, stage performance. And I was taking those classes on the side, and I met this guy, Mike Libby, who we really clicked. We, 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 we would write sketches together. And this was back in the day uh, when people were really up and coming, and they were doing all kinds of incredible uh, stuff at Second City. They still are, but but back then... Chris, that was, Far Chris Farley was there. Yeah, that was like the kind of the the heyday. Yeah. Of... And I would I was in the children's theater. That's what I, I would audition, and I got a couple of uh, children's theater gigs. And I remember I would go there to watch the main stage, and there were guys like um, Bob Odenkirk would show up. Chris Farley was on the main stage, uh, and I learned so. Tim Reed, I just learned so much from these guys. Tim Reed, no, Tim Reed was the Venus Flytrap. Tim Meadows. Tim, I was going to say Meadows, it was Tim yeah. Meadows, right? Um, Tim Kazarinsky, and I would watch these guys, and they there was and 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 women. Amy Sedaris would show up and do was, stuff. Tina Fey wasn't there at that time. That was a little uh, later, wasn't it? A little it? later, yeah, yeah, I yeah. But, to, they, but was, they were all part of that that group. But this right. was more I was Chris trying, Farley and Mitch Rouse. Okay, I was trying to think of some other women that were around that. Yeah. Same time, but I can't think of any others. Well, Mitch but. Rouse was the guy that I watched all the time because he was so cool on on stage, and uh, Mitch has gone on to L.A. 
And there were other guys in the comedy scene because then I was dabbling in everything. I wanted to be a performer. So I was going to Second City. I was doing children's theater. I was working with improv groups at bars and places. I was doing stand-up, which at the time... I, I don't think I've heard much about your stand-up. Uh, no, okay. Car- not career, no. but stand-up stint, maybe. No, I have, the... I have more recently, when Steve Tui and I, uh, we would do comedy shows. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and so we would do stand-up comedy, but I was much more seasoned by that. But, but Right, that's later. Yeah, yeah. that's later. That's but, the... but you're talking about you did stand- I'm talking about the 80s and early 90s. You did stand-up on your own. Now, was this yeah. like the the open mic kind of deals? It was open or... mics, and it was- Because I was with improv groups, and I was doing Second City. And so what happens is you, you know, you're going to Second City, you're doing children's show. That might be a matinee on a Saturday or Sunday. And then you go to auditions for commercials, and then you do this, and then you do that. Oh, actors wanted for a haunted house. Okay, I'll do that, you know, because I'll make 40 bucks a night or whatever. And so if you decide to do this, you get a, you got to dive in, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, there was the advertising agency during the day. Man, that's a crazy yeah. schedule. <laughs> and, I, and it's still to this day. I got I keep telling myself, I really got to pull back. And stop doing – but you know how that is. You keep growing stuff and then it's like, well, I, I love doing <laughs> right, it. Right. There's so many things yeah. that you want to do and – yeah. But I remember the first time I did stand-up was at the Funny Firm and this was 19 hmm, – it was before the – so it was like 1986, 87. No, I would have been older than that. Maybe 89. And uh, – So you're about 21 yeah. at this point? Yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah, because I had to be to, to oh, get Oh, right. Bar. To get into right. – So you get on this list – and I thought I had five, you had to have five minutes. I thought I had five minutes. And Kevin Matthews, who was a Chicago disc jockey or, or radio personality. Yeah. He was the host. Oh, okay. And it's one o'clock in the morning on a, on a Monday. And on the a crowd, Monday. The oh, crowd man. is, you know, derelicts and drunks and, sure. and just people who, how they wandered into this place. Well, how was he a host of that on he a was Monday night? A Monday night, yeah. And Lenny was the guy who owned it. Lenny. Was Le- he not, was he not very well known at that time? No, he had just shown up. I think he was at, he, I think he was on at night at the time. Okay. I was he gonna was say because Kevin Matthews is a pretty mm-hmm. well known name. In yeah, well he Chicago went on to do middays. That was his big thing, middays and okay. mornings. But when he first got brought over from I think St. Louis, or it could have been Michigan, anyway. He he was pulled into town and he did he did an evening show that was insane and I loved it, and so I thought well he's hosting open mics I'm gonna go sign up I got five minutes, and well I must have had a minute thirty, and I was done. Now that, it must that's have been all you nerve- had. That's all you had prepared. Is that what you're saying? All my material. But I think what happened was the nerves got me and I went so fast <laughs> that I was done. And uh, you're supposed to stay on until they flash the light in the back of the room. Okay. And so I just started making stuff up. Oh, and no. It was, I st- I'm getting chills right now just thinking <laughs> of that one night. And I had four friends, this girl Lisa I was dating, my buddy Rick and his girlfriend Gina. And they were in the front row and they're just staring at me and they're like, like they had that look like we're the, here we're here for you. Yeah. We the love fact you. that you remember who everyone that oh, yeah. was there definitely it's says scarred. definitely yeah. says it was a scarring night. Yeah. Like you remember this well. Exactly. What so what was your material? What was, I talked what was about the, having a bulldog and uh how bulldogs how they're how they're I, 
I see. I pr- probably try to repress this. I talked about uh, growing up Italian and Irish, uh-huh. and um, and and things about the South Side of Chicago, the difference between the South Side and the North Side, uh-huh. and I talked about my bulldog Spike, and and then I, I and then I don't remember. I kind of it, it kind of like I just I was like. I got I I'm done. All right, I got. I did a minute and a half. I was talking about how uh, how my dog snored and it would echo through the vent. It was really bizarre, and I was doing voices and and characters and like sketches because I come from improv, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking yeah. everything's a sketch. When, but there's there's formatics and a science to to stand up. Yeah, that's like, a whole oh, different animal. Yeah, I really have to. Exactly, it's a different. So you think that your stuff. Well, this killed when we did it at that bar with the with the six people, you know. Yeah, uh, right. When they tell you, okay, you're on a bus and the three of you are doctors and he's a plumber, go. And then yeah. you, you take an audience suggestion and hey, yes. you do your yes. thing. People laugh. Well, I'll just turn that into a joke. Okay, and then the plumber says, and people are like, what is he talking about? <laughs> so I was- I There's was, this bus and there's a plumber? Like, yeah. I don't get it. What? But I was scarred. So I said to myself, I'm going to continue to do this. Because you know, if something if something rattles you that much, you have to conquer it. You know. Yeah. And um, so, 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 so yeah. how much longer did you do stand up? I from did. That I, point? You know, it I, must I, not I, have been. No, long. I went back to children's theater and acting. And every once in a while, you'd get a bone thrown at you, like you know, um, a Renaissance fair would hire you to walk around and ask people if they'd like to buy uh, turquoise jewelry or something. So at this point. You're working. Your your day job is the advertising. Advertising, agency. yeah, and then and then, yeah. and then you're you're doing all the the improv and whatever yeah. kind of acting yeah. gigs you can get. And that was and your, playing my drums and playing right and playing your drums. And, and of course, the, the, at that point, that was your main focus, right? Was acting or just comedy in general? That's or what the was thing. Your... I've always been drawn to polymaths. I've always been drawn to people who have a certain vision and they're allowed to. Put it into different because if you look at any super successful person, right? You know, in well, the, like in uh, the Kevin of, Kevin James, Kevin for, James, or is uh, is he the one I'm thinking of? Well, well look at Billy Crystal. Oh, Billy, okay. You know, he's acted, he's yeah. done stand up, yeah. He's done sketch comedy, he's written books, yeah. And and so Kevin uh, Hart. I don't know why I was thinking Kevin, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. You know, yeah. like Kevin Hart. You know, stand up, but then yeah. he's branched off and done yeah. so many other things too. Like, like Billy Billy Crystal, yeah. he's a great example as well. Well, so. there's, and there's 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 the theory that says you know stick to one thing and become great at it, and mm-hmm. I and I agree with that. Yeah. And there's also, if you want to make a, a living in the arts or in the entertainment world, the more you're able to do, the more you're gonna do. And uh, Tom Savini, who's a makeup artist, said that one time: the more you the more you can do, the more you will do. Because I remember uh, going to auditions for for plays and not getting them. And I knew early on that if your audition's solid, you know if it's solid. Right. But you might not be looking, you know, if if I'm, you know, if I'm looking for a specific thing in my head as a casting director, Jake Lamore might not be that person. I'm not seeing you as the character. Doesn't mean your audition was bad. So you get a solid audition together. And what I would do, like zebra crossing, for a matter, I, I met a woman um, who, uh, what was her name? Anyway, I forget her name, but she was a wonderful director. I fell in love with this woman's uh, love for the arts, and I took a couple acting classes with her. And then she's like, "There's auditions, 
coming up uh, when I post it for Zebra Crossing's rendition of Death of a Salesman. Oh, so man. I watched every I watched the 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 movie with John Malkovich yes. and Dustin Hoffman. I yep. read the play and I read up on Arthur Miller. Is he yeah, he wrote Arthur it. Miller was yeah. the writer. Yeah. yeah, so I I I I really got into it. What was his mindset when he when he wrote this thing? Um so I said I'm going to be Biff. Uh-huh. Well, Biff is in his 40s and you know and I was in my early 20s. <laughs> And I auditioned for this thing, and I had that thing down. That that you know, all I want to do is have time to sit down in a park and relax, whatever. He, whatever but you're not month. thinking. Yeah, about... I'm thinking. I've got this. Yeah. And yeah. she said, "Mike, <laughs> you know, you did, you, you, boy, you really knocked that out of the park. But you're not going to get this role. Is there another role you want to read for?" I said, "No, nah, I'm Biff." And she's like, "Well, I can't. You know, the, the people are too old in this play for you to to be." So she yeah. said. She's like, but great audition. And I said, is there anything else I could do? And she's like, what do you mean? I said, you want me to paint sets? You want me to, I'll tear tickets. And I was an usher. But the thing is, I got to watch people do it every day. Okay. And I did that my whole life. You don't have a place for me? Let me create a place for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And and, um, yeah, even at Second City, uh, I wanted more stuff on my resume. And so- one time I, I, I thought that I was a makeup artist. Even See, this was a stupid thing that I did. I said, do you guys need a makeup artist for that? Uh, oh, no. Of-? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And I remember I put the makeup on his poor kid. He's like, what, <laughs> what did you do that to doesn't look face? like a scarecrow. So luckily, this girl I was dating improvised it and turned it into something beautiful. But uh, <clears throat> it's but- like It's like you opened your mouth, you said the thing, they said okay, and then after they said okay, you're like, what the hell did yeah, I just do? I don't even have a makeup kit. <laughs> like- Let me run to a costume store and get this crappy, you know, six ninety nine. It's not like of- you're doing makeup for guys and dolls. This is yeah. Wizard of Oz we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, it's character makeup, yeah. which I have no idea. They're like, are you going to do plaster molds? I'm like, it was, well, come again? <laughs> what? <laughs> plaster mold? I'll suffocate the guy. I don't know anything about that. But no, then I'm going to do the rubber yeah. method. Rubber method? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Oh, it's a whole different thing. We take rubber cement and we actually we actually suffocate the person and then we, we replicate them in a laboratory. So I had this I had this guy, Brad, that I met. Um, he, was in, he was a makeup artist. And I, and I learned a little bit about that. Yeah. But he turned me on because I, you know, I would call people, go, hey, I just got a job as a makeup artist. Oh, I didn't know you're a makeup artist. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, but I know you are. And, and Mike, I can't give you a crash course. But and then I went, I did, I did, I did haunted houses, whatever. Mm-hmm. Commercials. And the, the fun thing about doing a commercial, I did a commercial for MTV. Uh, I, we ran on MTV. I don't know if it wasn't for MTV. But it was something for a Halloween uh, festivities. And I remember getting a really nice paycheck and then getting paid like for two years as it ran. Oh, you it got fa- residuals. Okay. It was residuals, fantastic. Yeah. Like, well, that's something to learn about. Yeah. And I remember I was in the hospital <laughs> and this guy's pointing at the, at the TV, the guy that's in the bed next to me goes, that guy looks just like you. I go, well, that guy is me. Oh, they're running that. It was on MTV. I was like, this is cool. It's like, happy Halloween or whatever. Oh, that's great. It was like a stock, you know, commercial that people would run for- For a couple years. For Halloween, or, yeah, yeah. For like a happy Halloween thing okay. from a certain station. Um, so I met Mike Libby. And, and so I always, and again, radio was always the medium that I was in love with. But- but and during doing all of this crazy stuff, though, that was still in your mind. Still like, in my I mean, mind. 
Okay. Because, well, right, because you're thinking of the, like you said, poly, what did you say? Polymath. Yeah, I, I want to be good at yeah. everything. Yeah. Because right. I, I, here's the thing. I did not want to drive a forklift, and that's where I was headed. You know, yeah. I was I was doing these jobs with people that I didn't relate to, um, and it was December 1989. I, w- I worked in Bensonville, Illinois. Now, you got to understand, my, my apartment in my airport. You know, it's what fifty miles, mm-hmm. and I remember, I remember, I, I parked the forklift, and I said, I can't do this because I'm not thinking about putting exhibits together or loading these trucks. I'm only thinking about these ideas I have for children's plays, and I'm thinking about jokes, and I'm thinking about boy, I'd like to audition, and I'm not because I'm here eleven o'clock on a Wednesday, and I told my friend Jimmy, I said, I gotta go. And now, you know, because I, I was thinking in a very cinematic, dramatic way, <laughs> I start walking. And I'm like, why am I walking in Bensonville? How am I going to get home? So I took bus after bus and called a friend here and, and I, I went home. <clears throat> and that's, that's when I went and I, I took all my advertising stuff, jumped into it. And, um, and it's kind of a blur because things bounce back and forth. But once I got into advertising and I started doing uh, things for people who were doing advertising on a radio, I would ask them because and it's it's so weird now because you could walk into a radio station and ask if they have jobs. But back then, I, there was no way. I, I, I didn't know anybody. Um, yeah, the, the doors were a little... They were shut. Yeah. And I remember on summer vacations during high school when i was 15 and 6 it was before i could drive i would take the bus downtown chicago and if you went to the stone container building steve dahl and gary meyer those were my heroes because they were so free form and they were just so creative and every day was a surprise on the air i would religiously i would i taped their show and i would listen to it and i wouldn't just listen to it to laugh i'd listen to it to what now okay they're not talking over each other Okay, that's different. Oh, he just added to what he said, and then he just added. So they're building this thing, and I would I would overanalyze it, and I would listen to these guys over. Robert Murphy in the morning on Q101, he was so polished and so suave, but there was a bit of mischievous to him, a, a bit of mischief. And, and so I thought this guy's like really a class. You know, he's wearing a suit to work, and he's Mr. You know, Playboy. But there's something like childish and kind of impish about him. And, and I like that. I like that he's got that nuance because he's very articulate, but there's something devilish about him. <laughs> yeah. And so I would listen to tapes of him and I would tape these radio shows and listen to them over and over. And, and so I took the bus down to the Stone Container Building, 360 North Michigan Avenue. I would do this like every day because at first I wanted to get an autographed picture of Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer. And I loved Gary Meyer. Oh, he's still. Oh, he's they're, still. They're he's both, still great. Yeah. But I never listened to Steve Dahl, but I would listen to Gary Meyer. Right, they had broken on, up by the time. Yeah, yeah, I I was introduced to Gary Meyer when he was on GN. Yeah, and, and so that's when I was introduced to him, and I enjoyed listening monster to monster broadcaster, mm-hmm. just amazing. Yeah, all those guys. Yeah, and the height of creativity. Everybody was original, you know, mm-hmm. back then. Everybody had their own thing going. I mean, Howard Stern. Took what he does, and I mean, obviously, he's done it bigger than anyone in the history <laughs> yeah. of, the, of the medium. But he he took he he did the same thing I was doing. He was listening to Steve Dahl tapes, you know. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. um, so I went down to the Stone Container Building. I figured 
I'm downtown. I would record shop, you know, go to bookstores, like I still do. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and I went to the, the fourth floor, and I noticed that you could see in the studio. And so I wasn't ready for this. I thought I'd knock on a door and say, hey, if I give you my name and address, can you send me an autographed picture for my wall? There's Steve in his Hawaiian shirt. There's Gary in his, you know, blazer from the 80s. And they're right in front of me. So I, I looked in the studio and they kind of both looked at me and I backed up to the wall. <laughs> and I stood there for four hours and watched them do the entire show. So I did this like every couple of weeks. I would like, I would watch them and I would just take these mental notes of, how, boy, okay. Oh, what's he doing? He's pressing it. What are those things he's using? Those are those. Oh, those are the commercials on that big cart. Okay. <laughs> and I would watch, and they had an engineer that they would point to, and he would, yeah. you know, and then they would take a break and they'd have, they'd eat candy or, or flip mm -hmm. through a magazine or, what, or talk to each other. And I was just, I was, I was enthralled by this. And in one particular day, I said to myself, okay, you're 16. You're going to have to figure out what you're doing with your life. <laughs> and Steve got done. And he came out and he's like, yeah, I saw you out there. Did you enjoy the show? I said, oh, I listen to you every day, man. You're my hero. And I said, listen, um, I want to work for you. I could do voices. I could do – and he, he like chuckled, you know. He's like, okay. He's like, <laughs> right. He's yeah. like, how did you get down here? I said, I took the bus. He's like, oh, my goodness. And so we get outside and he had a BMW and the lights were still on. And he's like, you may have to give me bus fare to get home. And that was it. That, and he, he said, take it easy. Thanks for – you know." and he was really nice, but – but I was like, I was shot down because I thought for sure he'd be like, oh, of course, we've been waiting for yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a 16-year-old kid. He does voices, you know. <laughs> so, but, but I was just enthralled by radio. And then there was a thing called the National Lampoon Radio Hour that was on uh, Sunday nights. One of those late, stay up late. I would stay up and listen to Dr. Demento because he would play novelty records, Spike Jones and Cheech and Chong and all these crazy things. And the National Lampoon Radio Hour... And I was, I was, I was like, they're creating theater and movies and comedy sketches on the radio. Blew me away. And I and, knew the and magazine. That time, and that time, yeah, they had many mediums. Yeah. Like you said, the magazine, yes. <clears throat> radio, TV. Yeah. Um, the, well, the, movies, the movies came yeah, out. Yeah. Right. Well, the, the, but but the, it was the magazine and the, the radio show that, that kind of suggested my comedic, uh, sensibilities you know kind of kind of like, oh that's really funny yeah that's funny on a different level mm -hmm. that's not lucille ball funny which is funny but this goes way deep they're, they're making some commentary about you know i mean i couldn't grasp it at the time i'm like there's some subtlety <laughs> here so i fell in love with those guys and i would buy their records and i would notice the you know gilda radner bill murray john belushi dan Aykroyd, chevy chase harold ramus as the who's who of you know did, American comedy. Did National Lampoon did that? Did that come out of SNL or was that before no, SNL? No, it was before SNL. Okay. In, in SNL, Lauren Michaels, brilliant that he is, started did saying, he? "Well, this is the this is the counterculture comedy empire." So let me start pulling. So he pulled Chevy Chase because they were doing a, a parody of Woodstock, a traveling stage show called Lemmings. And it was Chevy Chase, John Belushi, and he started pulling these people. And the Murray brothers were in there, Brian Doyle and Bill. And so I just, and Richard Belzer, I mean, I just, it was a who's who of, of cutting edge comedy. You know, the anti-old school comedy that was Right, it out. was a completely new generation. A completely new generation. Yeah. And so uh, 
I fell in love with them. And and so my idea was, again, this is weird how these things happen. <laughs> I'm doing children's theater with this guy, Mike. And I said, what if we did a comedy show for kids on the radio? But neither one of us knew how to get in. How do you get into radio? You know? So we pitched it to a few people and, and they weren't interested. You know, we would call and say we, we had an idea for a show to pitch. And, you know, radio stations like, what? Especially at that point. Yeah. I mean, we're talking the the late 80s, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. early 90s. Or early now, 90s. Yeah. I mean, I was even, coming out of Second City. Okay. But even more then, I mean, having a play on the radio was just. Yeah. No one Doing did that sketches anymore. On, and I'm like, yeah. it's kind of like National Lampoon Radio Hour for kids. National <laughs> Lampoon Radio Hour meets Sesame Street. And they're like, yeah. Well, well, <laughs> they're like, well, you're crazy. Yeah. See we're... you later. So. Um, so, yeah, so one thing led to another. Um, I met a guy who helped me put together a demo tape. And, you know, then you start going through where our radio stations at. There was a small radio station outside of Coal City called WDND. I went there. Um, and it was, you know, I thought it was because I was so good. But it was actually because the guy just needed someone. You know, yeah, he's he like, did. Yep. He's like, let me listen to your tape. Oh, that's really good. All right, you start this afternoon. What? You know, and so learn as you it's go. It's just like, I know we always reference private parts, Howard Stern. Yeah. But that's just like the scene where he starts off at that that radio station in the White House or whatever yes. house it was. Yeah. You know. And it was just like, oh, yeah, you're oh, hired. Yeah. Yeah, well, whatever. this is a little cinder block building where, yeah. you know, raccoons were falling out of the ceiling <laughs> that was flooded. And it was, it was. Oh, that's uh, always fun. But the magic we created there, and you, you know, when you, when you look back. So that was the first station you worked at. WDND. Okay. And that had nothing to do, was that related to the advertising company that you were work, working no, for? No, no, I had asked separate. people. You know, I'd ask okay. people and, and everybody that I talked to, like I would, we would be doing commercial copy and occasionally you would talk to someone that worked at a radio station and say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm looking to break into broadcasting. Uh, you know, any tips? No, I'll get into sales, man. <laughs> sales is where it's at. I couldn't, but, I can't tell you how many times I was told that when yeah. I was first getting in. Well, yeah, and especially you know. if you're talking to people who that's what they're getting. Right, because of money, you yeah. know, right? Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I, I'm kind of doing that now, so yeah. I'm asking you for someone else's, you know, yeah. man, man, you got to stay, do, do what you're doing. You write great copy. I don't want to write copy. I want to- You want to perform. I want to do my National Lampoon Radio Hour, a radio hour meets- Sesame Street. Mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah. That was a, right. If someone wants to run with it, go. I mean, that's a good idea. But <laughs> but little kids don't really listen to the radio. No, you know, but I mean, that's what we got. We you got were that. thinking more family friendly, probably because yeah, it was like you was, knew that you couldn't just do National Lampoon style no, radio anywhere. No, we were going to do. Mike and I were going to do sketches for kids on the on the radio. Yeah, and then Radio Disney came around right after we got shut out of everybody yeah. and that didn't really take off it went more music oriented eventually right. because i think you know especially i, I would I say if radio disney's even around anymore I, don't know. I know one of my instructors at the illinois center for broadcasting he worked there when yeah. i was there and it wasn't too long after that within like a couple of years or so they you know they made big changes no, and they yeah. really cut cuz they had a a, a a presence in Chicago. They yeah. had like a Chicago office like or studio. Station, yeah. 
And I don't, I don't even know if that exists anymore. And at least in Chicago, yeah, you know, that I, there, there was a, a big presence in Chicago, but I don't, I don't think, yeah, exactly. I don't know, I don't know about that. But anyway, that's that's com- no, and irrelevant. It, it, but... and eventually, it went more music oriented because they yeah. were, they started doing little things, um, not sketches, but but more like. Um, guest-oriented talk shows and stuff, and it didn't really take off. So, yeah. but, but it was probably ill-conceived, but, but, it, but, but that was the impetus. So I started doing this. Uh, I would tape all my shows. I would take two cassette recorders and make another tape, you know. And So you were, tra- you were still living in mid- or yeah. by Midway oh, at yes. this time and going all the way to Cole minute City. 45-minute ride, yeah. And yeah. that's on a good day when, you know, 55 wasn't backed up. Yeah. But I loved it. And so... And I was making very little money, and now I'm starting to get into my mid twenties, and um, and so I played hopscotch. Like he he got rid of me one day because he was going uh, automation where you pipe in things. It was all syndicated. It was or all something. syndicated because he yeah. was getting ready to sell the station. This guy Don, and um, so I, I immediately I I remember I remember calling my dad saying I can't I got momentum I, I'm in radio now I can't. And he's like, well, let's take a road trip. And we drove Illinois, Wisconsin, and we, we went to every radio station we could find. You know, and, and this is back in the days when we had to go to the phone book and copy yes, radio. And, and we the had addresses. no way. Get the map road, out. Road yes. map, the atlas, yeah. So my dad and I, we drove up to uh, Kenosha, and we went to mm-hmm. Milwaukee and Madison, and I would just drop my tapes off and, and say, yeah. hey, here's my resume with one radio station on it. And... Um, <laughs> And then I, I ended up going to, we're driving home and he's like, there's a radio station, a jazz station in Elmhurst. Let's go there. And you know what I think? Here's what I had. It was called the M Street Guide. And this guy gave it to me. It was all the radio stations in America okay. with their addresses, the program director. And I remember this particular radio station was on the second floor. The jazz. A, the jazz, a jazz station. One, the, second yeah. floor of a of an appliance store. So they had washers and dryers downstairs. <laughs> And then you walk up this back, you know, back red carpeted stairs, stair- and yeah. there's this there's this studio, yeah. and and I said, "Is Rob Quarles here?" And he's like, mm-hmm. "That's me." And he's like, mm-hmm. "How are you?" I said, "I want to stay in radio. I'm good. I want to mm-hmm. do this. I love it." And uh, is there anything you could, that I? He goes, "Well, I'm looking for a, a midday guy." I said, "Okay." He's like, "Do you have a tape?" I, I played in the tape for. He goes. Mm-hmm. Well, this is kind of like, you know, oldies. He said, do you know anything about jazz? Now, let's go back to when oh, I'm 13. Miles Davis. And, and I, said, yeah. I said, sure, I know. And he's like, well, okay, who's your favorite uh, uh, saxophone player? I said, oh, Stan Getz. I said, because Stan not only could play bebop and he could play, but he he had a world music. And he's like, oh, this kid knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so he's like, uh, what's your favorite Miles Davis album? I said, well, you got to talk about what era. What era of Miles are we talking uh, about? Talking so you 50s? were really, really impressed. Yeah. Okay. So he's like, oh, sure, you got this gig. So there was my $4.25 <laughs> an hour. Bam, I'm doing middays. Now I'm driving from Midway Airport to Elmhurst. <laughs> I mean, the, the amount of gas money that I've spent, yeah. you know. And I feel like that would be even a worse drive than going to Cole City. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was nothing but congestion. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, after that, I went to Major Networks, which was... Um, I think the it was called Major Networks. Major Networks. It was and owned that's, by, and that was where you were. That was downtown f- Chicago, right? And yeah. that was the a um, satellite. Oh, it was satellite. Yeah. So okay. we were creating programming for other radio stations across the country. Okay, I just remember it was a. Um, 
What's the word I'm looking for? Well, Chris Devine from the Wrigley family owned mm-hmm. it. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, so one day you'd come in and, hey, you're producing the- Oh, union gig. That's what I was- Yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. a union gig. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. That, now you're thinking, okay, now- I was going to say, you jumped from four- 25, yeah, to, to, to probably the you know, $21 now. But yeah. then you paid you know $180 a well, week for parking, for, so- <laughs> Well, parking and, and whatever your union yeah, fees yeah. were at the time. So that was, that was, that was a great gig. Yeah. And um, so, so I, went, I went from there- And what year is this? By the way, when you, when you got to the major networks, probably ninety three, ninety four, because WKDC, which was the jazz station, got sold to Joe Gentile, who was a car dealer. Boy, what a character he was! He looked like one of the Mario brothers, always <laughs> chomping at a cigar, and he turned it into a talk station uh, where it was basically him talking all day, and then he would pipe in satellite stuff. It was awful. Ugh, it that was, does not sound appealing. It was a train wreck, and yeah. and um. So I said, I got to get out of here. And then this guy, I can't remember Dave's last name. He called me and says, hey, we're looking for people to, can you do a sports minute? Yeah, I can do a sports minute. Can you do, uh, can you can you run tape? That was the best thing where you sit, the jocks already got his show on reel to reel. You wait for the countdown of the clock. You press a button, press it when he stops talking and Celine Dion starts playing. <laughs> so you would fill in for whatever you could do. Yeah. Right. You know, like my buddy Tony would call me and say, hey, I can't, I'm going to run in late. Can you go do the sports minute at noon? Yeah. And you'd punch in for every, <laughs> for every door you'd walk into, you'd punch in, get all these uh, Because they had how many stations? They, they had a bunch, oh, every different format. It was, it uh-huh. was insane. After that, um, I got a call from this girl, Marielle, that I knew, because I took some classes at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Um, oh. which was a, kind of a precursor to the Illinois Center. Okay, I was going to say, I've never heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, of well, course no. you want to change your name to the Illinois Center when you're in Illinois. Right, and, was... and now it's it's Illinois Media School, yeah. so it changed its name again after yeah. I've been there, which makes more sense just because of obviously how fast things yeah. are changing. But yeah. uh, I know yeah, the, com- right. the company originated from Ohio, I yeah. believe, so, but... And they probably are still called the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Ohio. Whatever marketing genius did that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, if we're going to open up different schools, maybe you name it after the state you're in. I don't know. <laughs> so you took some classes there. I took some classes there and I met this girl, Marielle. And Marielle was now back in Coal City. Oh, and at I, this, I, this station you yeah, originally worked at? Yeah. And she's like, they're changing to rock. We got an opportunity here, and we, that was the that was the birth of the cat. Okay, which was now that was at the time when I knew this kid Steve Tui, and Steve was. Um, How he, did you meet Steve? I, at probably this time? at that school, you know, like just oh. wandering around, like hey, okay. I, I, he knows, but I, I like I can't piece these things together. I mm-hmm. remember I knew of him. I remember we laughed. We liked. We had the same. Uh, sensibility when it came to who we liked on the air and right. who, we, who we thought was cool. Um, and comedy. Yeah, we loved stand-up comedy and we loved funny movies. And so we we struck up a conversation a couple times and he was brokering time way up in Highland Park. Him and his brother-in-law were doing a talk show. I mean, he, he just wanted to do talk. You know, yeah. he wanted to be a personality. And, yeah. and, and, and here's the thing. There were two ways to go. Um, to get into radio, you could either go downtown and, and and get a internship where you get someone coffee and you 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 know you pull their car around and and learn, or 
you go to a rinky dink station and start there. You work your way around. And I, I wanted you know. to be on the radio, so I didn't want to. I, and, and I'm not, I'm not good with you know, networking. Uh, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to get someone's coffee and, and stuff like that. So not there's anything wrong with no, that. no, no. It's but, just not my personality. Sure. I had too much stuff in my head. Too many notebooks of jokes and mm-hmm. ideas that I had. That well, I there's more than one way to get somewhere. There's more than one way. Know. So those were yeah. the two ways. You could go down an intern and then hopefully get your foot in the door. Or you just get your foot in a smaller door and hopefully people will hear you and, yeah. and, and appreciate what you do. So now before Steve, I have to go back. Before I met Steve Tuohy and we did the Tomano and Tuohy show off and on for 15 years, 16, 17, 18 years. Um, I was listening to the radio, probably 1993, and here's a guy that helped me out, Ed Till, and he's he's now in Florida. Oh yeah, and Ed's had a storied career, a, a, a dynamite talk show host. And I heard him. He was on he was on AM 1000, which was the big talk personality station in Chicago. It had Jonathan Brandmeier, Kevin Matthews, Chet Kopic doing a sports show, Stephen Gary in the afternoon. This was the this was the phenomenon. They weren't just a radio station. They were part of the entire culture of Chicago. I heard this new guy, Ed Till, and he and I was used to guys cracking jokes and doing voices and and making fun of icons and stuff like that and he came on and he was on fire he was talking he was kind of like the character in talk radio the movie you know he was just he was talking about violence on the streets and and how long are we going to put up with it? do so, you know where this is going this is the end mm-hmm. was he like, was really yeah he really was on fire ramp, yeah like, ramped Whoa, up who is this guy <laughs> and he was so smart and he yeah. he was and he was so articulate in the way he talked and i, I was drawn in i called and, uh, you know, AM 1000, hey, I need to talk to Ed. All right, what do you, what do you want to talk about? And I said, well, I want to talk to him off the air. Dude, we're doing a radio show. And this was his producer. I said, I have an important question I have to ask him. He's like, hold on. Puts me on. 15 minutes goes by. Hello? Yeah, th- th- my name is Mike. I want to talk to Ed. Yeah, w- this is Ed. What do you need? I said, we have a mutual friend because we had a friend who was a musician in town. Chip's enough. Okay. <laughs> and he was in a bit, and he, he was on the Ed Till show. So I said, Chip, you got to put in a good word with me. I'm trying to get a radio. And he's like, call Ed Till. And Ed says, what, what are you trying to do now? I said, I'm trying to get into radio. I think you're amazing. I said, let me put everything in, 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 in as quick as I can. I know you're busy. Can I come meet you? Hold on a second. Puts me on hold. Another 15, 20 minutes, half hour. Now the other, the producer answers, Hello? Are you still on the phone? I said, yeah, listen, <laughs> how do I do this? You know, I, and so Ed says, all right, so you know Chip? I said, yeah. He says, they're playing in Naperville and I'll be there. Come talk to me. Okay. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know, you know. Yeah. So I get there and I could tell it's him. You know, it's just like one of those things. He was standing by the side of the stage. I'm like, I go, Ed? He's like, yeah. I go, I'm that guy, Mike. Oh, my God, you, you, you were on the phone for 45 minutes. We start talking. I tell him my whole life story, and, and you know, like I'm doing to you. Yeah. <clears throat> he says, uh, you can come watch me work. I said, okay. And that's what I did for, for, for a while. I, I, would drive, I would drive to his house and then go watch him do his thing. And I would watch what he would do, how he would prep, how he would jot notes down, 
put them up in front of them and, and, and just... Is that how you That's how, yeah, the... I got this. I, I, I jot see, notes, yeah. Because I see you do that every day on the valley. I know. So, yeah. It's funny. By the time my valley show's over... We have, it's like a cleanup because it there's is. scraps you got, of paper yeah, everywhere. Yeah, you got paper everywhere. So that's it's where a you, habit. So yeah. that's where you picked up on that. Yeah. Okay. Because when I started, you know, I flubbed everything every time I opened the mic. And yeah. then And then I started writing stuff out and I became too robotic and it was, <laughs> it was unnatural. So now I just write one word. Just yeah. remind me, don't forget that. That's a good one. Yeah. Or if Rob's talking and he says something and I want to add to it, I don't want to interrupt him, I'll... Just jot it Write down. Write one word down. So you can remember. Just so you can remember. And so uh, so I got to know Ed. Anyway, so uh, he just told me to stay stay the route that you're doing. You mm-hmm. know? He goes, you're going to work in a lot of small areas. And, and by the time you, you know, before you know it, you'll, you'll get it recognized. Right. And, and I mean, at that time, there were a lot more smaller stations around the Chicagoland sure. area that you could work yeah. through. Obviously, now there's not as many. There are still some, but back then there was a lot more. <laughs> and back then, they had a full day's um, lineup. And right. that's why I appreciate Milner Media. He, they, right. they, they still they hire still believe jocks. It. Yeah, they, they still want, believe in that. Yeah, They want live shows going on. Yeah. Because a lot of times, these days, even in major markets, you know, cats out of the bag, You'll have a morning show that's live, and then the rest is, you know, yes. recorded or piped in from another city. Almost um, every every week, I'm yeah. seeing another station announce that so and so personality in New York is going to be doing shows now for their yeah. station in Chicago and yeah. L.A. And it's just ha- more and more. Well, it's like the know. guy at the mix, Finnegan, who did afternoons, smooth. Excellent jock. My daughter listens to, you know, like, you know, that type of music. And yeah. Pop around and listen to this guy Finnegan. I'm like, oh, this guy's good, man. And he got called, I think, to Seattle or somewhere. Hey, we want to hire as a morning man. Oh, that's the big gig. Let me get out there. And he got out of radio because he says, so I do my show six to eight. I voice track eight to ten. And then I have to go do... An afternoon show for 18 radio stations across the country. Yeah. It's just not what yeah. he got into it for. Yeah. But now we're getting into the technical that's a, Yeah, we could we could talk about that forever. Yeah, we talk about the radio. <laughs> but so, so so here I am. So uh, Ed, yeah. so sorry, sorry. Uh, Ed was was helping you out. He just just from from tips and and advice. And then yeah. he lost his gig because he was controversial. He would he would right because you said he got fired yeah, up. So. Yeah, and he got a yeah they had to get a police escort and it was a whole thing because he had people so aggravated outside the the Hancock building for a show that he did that uh, I think they just said we're gonna we're not gonna do this. <laughs> so um, so yeah, he bounced around different radio Orlando and he was at KABC, which was a flagship station at ABC in uh, Los Angeles. So I still keep in touch with him uh, on a weekly basis, yeah. and, and he's a dear human being, and he's still as encouraging as he was back then. And uh, so, yeah, so then I started doing mornings at the Cat. And, then, and that, that was technically you were, you were going back to the station that you started at. But different it, was, it was a different format, different owners. Different owners, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they were a colorful couple. <laughs> couple. So was it still in the same building same, in Cole City? Same falling apart cinder block building. And then 
Um, I apologize for my dog barking, no, I love by the it. way. If it's I it's ambiance. And then- <laughs> A lot of ambiance. He's very uh, talkative today. Bring He's, him down. Yeah. Interview him. Oh, God. So Usually that, he quiet downs by now, but anyway. So Terry and Ernie, they were the owners. They were the new owners. Okay. And they sold it to Star Radio, which was then run by Gary Wright. A gentleman and a scholar, wonderful well, person. Well, when did when did how how long had the cat been going when they sold it to probably a couple Star? years? Okay, and Gary. So this was mid nineties. Yeah, at this point, right? Yeah, and Gary called and said, uh, "Mike, Gary, right?" I said, "Hey, how are you? <laughs> I want to have lunch with you." I said, "Okay, now you got to understand, I'm a rock and roll disc jockey. I got curly brown hair to the middle of my back, and I only wore <laughs> caftans." <laughs> okay, so I look like you know a Led Zeppelin wannabe, right? Right, yeah. And I got yeah. this goofy jewelry on, you know. And, sure. And uh, like Jerry Lewis? Uh, no, not that expensive. More like uh, hippie jewelry <laughs> and sandals, you know, with bells on my toes. And and uh, I meet him out in Cancun. He's like, "We're gonna buy the station, and uh, I'd like you to continue doing what you're doing." I said, "Okay." And that was it. That was that started. Um, I left, Gary left, and he was let go, and they brought in this new guy who, he says, uh, and this is when, at this point, Steve and I were doing the show together, and he says, uh, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping you guys together, you guys are amazing. I said, okay, great. And the next day, he fired Steve. So I'm like, well, uh, now you can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, excuse me, I have to. No, you're good. <clears throat> Edit that out. <laughs> Me coughing. Not any, not any, I told you I'd tell you all the story. So. You know, I might leave it in there just for ambiance. Yeah, for ambiance. You know? I just you... wish my dog would stop barking. But uh, uh, we could pause. You want to give him a treat uh, or no, something? No, no. So, so, uh, so, yeah, so I left and I, I went to another station, bounced around, did some things, uh, uh, out of state doing you know fill in work here and there it was it was it was dismal yeah it was bad yeah that sounds bad yeah and uh yeah i i i had just uh i was having a baby See, I forgot that I'm going to go into these these side stories <laughs> i wasn't having a baby i was having a baby with my with, with your... this girlfriend yeah and i was going through a divorce Funny how those two things, uh, <laughs> they had nothing to do with each other. And um, so life was, it was bad. It was bad. And uh, so you really needed a job. A, I needed a, a stable job. job. A stable job. Back. It was like fill in work. And it was, it was, you know, out of state doing mornings. And it was far, you know, far west Illinois station. It was just, it was crap. And yeah, it was, I didn't, I didn't realize that yeah. you left once again. Yeah, no, see, I kind of black that. I, I black, yeah. and I literally do. Yeah. As you can see, I'm kind of not yeah. comfortable talking about yeah. it. Yeah. There was a one year period where it was really, really as bad as it got. Yeah. And, uh, in all aspects. Uh-huh. And um, so, yeah, so I, I – I, so then I went back because they said they're going talk on uh, – they're going to do a talk station. I went back to Star Radio under the same guy who lied to me about Steve Toohey. Uh, he left. Uh, a series of other people came in. I can't even remember. Because, again, some memories need to be repressed. <laughs> I brought Steve back. Now, I started with Rob West and I had – I was going to say, when does KAN – 
come into play. Yeah, that's what well, he called me back because I, I, you know, he called and said, "Hey, we're going to go talk." You know, and uh, do you want to come back and do this? But and this I, wasn't the. This was wasn't the the cat was going talk or no the cat the cat was gone at this point. The oh. cat died. They got rid of the cat, and they were doing an oldie station. Now the that's, pickle, yes, right? the pickle. Okay. So, so he tells me, "I'm keeping you and Steve together. I love what you guys do. Okay, and uh, just go in there and do the pickle." I said, "Come okay. on, man. <laughs> now you got to understand. I'm playing heavy metal music for four years, and I show up one day, and I'm playing Dion in the Belmonts, and the audience is going, you 'You're a sellout.' You know, I'm mm-hmm. answering these phone calls. Tamana, you suck. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be great. Yeah, and and then the first day he fires Steve. Again. So, so I'm like, well, you just told me yesterday you weren't. Oh, I had a change of heart. You had a change of heart <laughs> in 24 hours? And now I got to play this stupid music and call this The Pickle? Yeah. I always wondered, like, as because I was a kid at that time. And I'll tell we you We would what, see the station van around town. I'm like, The Pickle. Like, but what, this is what the does stupidity. That come, what does that come from? Hey, you want to know where it comes from? <laughs> I think it was like Pennsylvania. There was a pickle company or something. I don't know. Some somewhere wherever there's Vlasics, uh, they, one of the stations called themselves the Pickle. But it made sense in the town that it was, it in, was in because not, they made pickles. Right. Not Joliet, Illinois, doesn't make pickles. <laughs> and then we got a pickle costume, and we have we have. Um, yeah, I remember the mascot. The you know that the or the logo the or whatever. Giant pickle. Yeah, the giant yeah. pickle logo. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I gotta yeah. get out of here. Yeah. And um, so is that when you went over to KAN? No, yeah. So I left and I bounced around and then I came back to K because he, Bob, the guy that was running it, called me and said, Hey, you want to do talk radio? Come do talk radio. Okay. So that's when you went to 1320. Yeah. Yeah. I met with Rob West and we clicked and we we had a very successful show. Rob was, was he the news director? He was the news guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is how it went down. I had an idea to bring Steve back. And now the, the Bob guy's gone. And they were they were having people from out of town, from Quincy, Illinois, run the station down here. And and I, I Yeah, because Quincy just yeah. for people that don't know is it was yeah. they had another cluster. Yeah. Or they have they still do have yeah. another cluster in Quincy. Yeah. So I yeah. brought I I I I talked to them and they're bringing Steve back and it was gonna be Steve, me and Rob. And and then they started doing cutbacks. And 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 I gotta tell you, and I've already talked to I mean obviously I've talked this over with Rob. Yeah. And I, it's been talked about on the Valley on your morning show. Yes, I know. he'll never let me forget. <laughs> because, yeah, he, he says I fired it. him, yes. but I didn't. Yeah, uh, they, you were you were told by up. Yeah, uppers. yes, but but I should have yeah. fought for him because at at this yes. at this time you had off besides your show you had some type of management position, yeah. right? Yeah, well, is that's that what they said? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I hadn't gone into the general manager position yet. Yeah, but right. So now now now. I couldn't see the forest through the trees. My highest success was with Rob West. But I, I missed my buddy who I lived with for so many years and who we, we, we went through so much life together, Steve, who's an extremely talented guy. And the dynamics of me wanting to be the Smothers Brothers lent me to not go to fight for Rob, you know, I, I was just like, I, I had a, I had a picture of Steve and I becoming like this, this comic duo 
when in reality I wasn't smart enough to see that my highest success was with Rob was, and I. Yeah. And um, and it makes it. It's just so funny that you're back together again. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. So. 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 So they let they let Rob go. They they did a ton of cuts that were just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I stayed on. And then Steve and I had some personal issues later on. Um, but but at this point, when Steve came back, you were no longer on KAN, right? No, no. Then we were on for a while. We were on WKAN, which is a talk radio station. Yes. And I wanted to go back and be on the Cat. I wanted to be, get and, back on FM. Yeah, they yeah. decided they were going to go to a hip hop. I said, he goes, but we'll put you on both stations. I'm like, does anybody have a brain? <laughs> Am I going insane? See, this is why I have to defend myself from my time there because I, yeah. I lost my marbles. I was yeah. like, so yeah, because you, and, side, you it, and Suey would do so well on a hip hop. Uh, well, we station. were we were on it. You you they actually did that. We had it to where we were on the news station uh-huh. talking about the topics of the day, uh-huh. and it was being piped in between. Songs on this hip hop station. Oh my god! So I said, "Okay, how about this?" That's awful. How about this, guys? This is not working. We can't talk to sixteen-year-old girls, yeah, and fifty-four-year-old men and women. We can't do this. No, yeah. they're not. They're not into. They're not into the same, same things. things. <laughs> so, so, and I'm trying to piece it all together. So I, 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 I said, for God's sake, let's put the cat back on. It was, it was an iconic station, and. uh so I called Freak, who was a, a disc jockey. Um, Where was he at the time? He, he was at Man Cow's show, and then he went to uh, Q Rock in Joliet. Okay. And he was that's a successful station. They were doing yes. great, and that's where he is now. That's where he's at now. Yeah. And I went to his bar because he had a bar in Wilmington at the time, and I said, "Let's let's let's do this." And he's like, oh, "I thought you didn't like me. You make fun of me on the air all day." And I go, oh, "I make fun of everybody on the air. Sit down." <laughs> well, he opens up a bottle of whiskey, and we sit there and we map out this big idea. We're going to put a radio studio in your bar. Oh my god! And <laughs> it all looked good on paper, Jay. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> what kind of whiskey was it? That's what I want. Uh, it was know. Rebel Yell. And then- <laughs> Of course. I remember. I remember calling my wife from the parking lot, saying, um, "I'm going to go to sleep in my car right now because uh, I can't drive." And and she's like, "How did the meeting go?" I said, eh, "It's fine. He'll, he'll he's going to sign on." <laughs> so he came. The cat was doing well. Steve and I had a, a bad falling out um, at the time. Um, uh, yeah. And at this time, when the cat came back, when the cat came back, was it? Was it classic rock or was it active rock? It at was. That point? It was. It was a little more active. You know, okay. it was a little bit of classic, a little bit of active, but it was okay. a rock and roll, like, okay. like the but old it was, school but rock it was and roll sure. station. Okay. It was for people who love rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And Freak was perfect, right? Um, and then again, the station's taken off. Steve and I are doing mornings, and the guy says, uh, "I want to move you into management." The guy. I'm just going to say the guy. <laughs> That's said, fine. We don't have yeah. to get into names. And I said, well, well, yeah, but, you know, he goes, and you can't be on the morning show anymore. I go, do we, can we just do something normal? Mm-hmm. Steve and I got this thing going. We got Freak in the Afternoon broadcasting from his bar. Again, <laughs> look good on paper. And can we just, you know, no, no, you were taking out the morning show. Okay. So I came out the morning show. I made a couple of really bad decisions, managerial wise, um, because I'm not a general manager. You are, you're right. You were yeah. GM at this time. Yeah, and and so uh, I'm not making any friends as a GM. 
because I don't really know what I'm doing, and uh, I don't really like what I'm doing, and I don't really like who I'm doing it for. Yeah. So well, at least that. you brought on Denny Case at the time. I did. Denny yeah. Case came in. He told yeah. me he's like, I want to be in the radio. I said, okay. Yeah. Serve an internship or whatever. I yeah. Him. Yeah. Right. And then he's a good kid. He's yeah. A good no. Guy. Great guy. But so so yeah. I mean, I've always helped people. Right. But I was so confused mindset wise of of what was important and what wasn't. And, and just for time reference. Yeah. When you became G- GM, this would have been when. 2012, maybe. I was going to say it had to been the yeah. It was the early would have been the early 2010s. Yeah. yeah. Now 2014. Yeah. So so I had left and um and 2000 2014 is when you because left. 2012 was my last radio show. We had Ted Nugent uh, play my last day. Okay. He came and played some bar in Pontiac, and uh, we introduced Freak. He was going to be on the radio station, and 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 Steve too is going to do solo on the Cat, and um. And then, you know, again, some personal things happened with Steve and I, and uh, and we've since, I mean, we're friends now, but but at the time it was ugly. And it, it, was, it had to do with, you know, um, me being a manager and, and, and hiring his wife at the time. Uh, and so that didn't work out. Yeah. Um, for any of us. And so Steve, you know, he wanted to go out and do his own thing and, and he left and and then I left. I, I was like, I got to get out of this place. Um there was some terrible things that I was dealing with, and I was like, "I this is out." You know, I'm, I'm, I'd rather. You know what? I gave it my best shot. I, I've been in this from 1992 to 2014. It's what I love to do, but I'm just not. This isn't happening. I've crashed and burned, so I quit. <clears throat> I go home. And I told my wife, "Hey, uh, how was your day?" She's like, "Oh, it was long. You know, we had a patient come in late at night, and..." And then, um, you know, this one girl called off, so I had to wait for her. To, I was like, yeah, I quit, by the way. And she's like, oh. And so we had to map out our strategy, you know. Oh, man. And then from that point. <clears throat> yeah. So as soon as I quit, I, I, I started, I attempted to do a podcast. Okay. That I was wondering when yeah. that came in. And there were some guys in Chicago who, they were putting together this big podcast. Uh, like a network. Network. And um, and I'm very appreciative that they gave me this shot. Mm-hmm. And um, the problem was there was the, the, there was no there was there was a problem. It was spec money, and and I can't you know you can't buy food on. Hey, if we do this, we'll make that. Yeah. And so um, with that happening, I I I, uh, I left that soon, and then I started doing just a menial job just to keep food on you know in my family's belly. Yeah, because I know when you. I guess this is getting a, just a tad ahead, but I know when we met, you had been working in retail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I went, I went, went yeah. and worked at Cabela's. The Cabela's. Um, yeah. You know, just to keep a paycheck coming. Yes. But I never gave up on the idea of doing this. Yeah. Now, go back to the mid-90s. Every once in a while, I would have lunch with Tim Milner. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> and um, and here's the deal. I uh, I get out of okay. So uh, so so let me just plant that one in the back of your head. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because I was especially when I was the general manager, I knew Tim was killing it. 
over right. Miller Media. So Everybody, were, I was going to say at yeah. that time you probably were talking to him. Yeah, every once in a while, for, just as general managers, just yeah. talking. Yeah, and but because I because I would try to sell advertising or go talk to me. Oh, we're you know we work with Miller. Yeah, we work with the Miller. Oh, W uh, the Valley, the Valley, the Valley, the Valley, the Valley, and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I can't break through with these cats. What yeah. are they doing? Yeah. And I found that he was so entrenched and so beloved by the community that I was a usurper. No one was going to give, you know, so I was like, oh man, I'm, I got to learn from this guy. This guy's a giant. <laughs> so we would go to lunch and we'd end up talking about Jimi Hendrix or uh-huh. the Beatles. And yeah. it's like, okay. Yeah. And uh, I would always throw in, Tim, you know, this is you and me off the record. If you got something happening, he's like, uh, you know, I would love to hire you if I had something for you. Okay. And you know, you know what that is. It's like, you know, don't let the door hit you in, in a nice way. Yeah. And this went on for years. Yeah. So there was something else I wanted to say. Um, oh, so during the time of uh, working Cabela's, okay. I'm like, well, Denise, you know, I've put in my whole life has been as a performer. I've been a radio guy for 20 odd years now. And uh, or, yeah. Yeah, at that point it would have yeah. been yeah, because it's twenty five years. Yeah, it's two thousand twenty one now. So yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, come on, I, I can't give up on this. She's like, no, no, I want you to. What do you think about moving? She's like, okay, well, we can think about that. And so I, uh, I called this guy that had, going back to the late nineties, um, be, before when we were down at the Rialto. He wanted to represent me and, and, and search for some things, and and he got me a couple of really good job opportunities. Unfortunately, my mother was sick at one time. My father was sick at another time. Those are different uh, different stories here. Those are footnotes. We'll get back to them. <laughs> so um, so I called this guy. I said, Alan, you remember me? Oh, yeah, yeah. How you doing? I said, can you find me a gig? I said, here's my, uh, you sent him my MP3s. Here's, mm-hmm. here's me making, here's a joke. Here's, yeah. here's me doing, you know, hey, that was Led Zeppelin, whatever. You sent him bits right. and pieces of you what you Send him your did. on-air demos. I said, find me something, brother, because I'm, yeah. I'm high and dry here. Okay. He calls me back. He says, do um, you want to go to Raleigh, North Carolina? I said, yeah. I said, I could do that. North Carolina is a beautiful state. And uh, he's like, call this guy. So halfway through this conversation, guy says, "Oh, we really like you know, we like the stuff you're doing, and you sound really personable, and we are for sale." He said, "But you know, I'm pretty sure if you're good, they'll keep you." I go, "Oh, dude, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're if you're good, they'll keep you." I said, "What are you talking about? I'm gonna move up. Uh, I'm gonna move to, out there just to get let go. Just to get after... let go a week later." Yeah, I said, "Okay, we're done." Yeah, I said, "What do you got for me, Alan?" He goes, ah, "That's not working." He said, "Let me look around." He calls me. Back, he goes. What do you think about urban contemporary hip hop? I said, uh, I said, do you realize you're talking? I'm in my at the time, my late forties. Yeah, you're asking me to go. To, what are we talking WGCI in Chicago? What are we talking BMX? What, what, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. He said, I want you to just listen to me. He goes, the tape that you sent me with all the character voices, I sent to this girl, and she's number one in the market. And and he's not saying the market. I'm like, okay. He goes, she's young. But she could use you as doing like, you know, cranky, uh, cranky guy and, and different. I go, where's this at? He says, Biloxi, Mississippi. I go, goodbye, Alan. And so, so, you know, I, I'm going to move down there. And, and in one me- week, this woman's going to be like, who is this old man you hired? And fire me. And then it's, you know, I'm pumping gas in Biloxi. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So I, yeah. I said, listen, I said, forget it. I'm done. I'll go sell bows and arrows and fishing lures at Cabela's. And Cabela's, that's it. yeah. 
I said, I'll go to management and retire. So then he calls me one last time. He's like, do you know who Man Cow is? I says, yeah. <laughs> He's like, do you want to do some prank phone calls for him? I go, ah. he goes, just to keep your name out there, Mike. He goes, do some prank phone calls. Send me some. Now, you, now I'm in my bathrobe <laughs> in this little tiny house in Braidwood that we lived in. Everything's falling apart. And I'm dialing the phone. She's like, hello, uh, you know, Johnson and Liquors. Uh, yeah, y'all sell the... I go, never mind. I just, I, you know, I'm trying to do... I'm going, I think I'm not doing prank phone calls. So mm-hmm. that's how desperate I was. I said, okay. Yeah. I called Ellen. I said, forget it. I'm out of radio. God bless. Good to talk to you. And then the next day, the next day, Tim calls me and goes, you want to meet for lunch? Yes, I want to meet for lunch. So, <laughs> so he came to me and said, uh, we're looking for someone to do the valley. And I said, that's the Rolls Royce. Let me drive it. I would love to. And um, he said, we're going to need, we're going to put you on river country for a couple weeks to get you acclimated to our board. I said, yeah, that's fine. Well, three years later, I, I, I got on the, uh, and I had a fun time yeah. on river country. You talk well, about a, well, well, let's talk, let's, let's talk about that just to give uh, people, uh, yeah. yeah, people a reference and everything. So this would have been in 2015. Yeah. The very end of 15 because the an opening came up at the valley because yeah. Bob Malkowski exited and that was right around Thanksgiving. Yeah, he Somewhere, was there for a long time. Yeah, and it was right around that time. He had been there for 10 years, I think, um, yeah. at that point. Um, and so, so yeah, we, we, we needed some, <laughs> you know, we needed someone. And at that time, I was, I had um, been at River Country for almost a year. In mid days, <laughs> and that was my first my first show. And then I remember when uh, they were saying, "Yeah, um, that you know they're talking to to Mike Tamano right now." I'm like, "Tamano's like, is that Tamano from yeah, you know, the cat?" And they're like, "Yeah, I'm like, oh, cool." Like I've never yeah. met him, but you know. And then I remember, uh, you know, when it became official, they're like, "Yeah, he's gonna go on River Country in the mornings for a little while, and and then we'll move him over to the yeah, valley." Yeah. But then. You know, they ended up keeping Jim Brandt on the valley. Yeah, well, he then, was there long enough. It was his call. Right. You know, he, yeah, he, he had was, been with the company since they began. Yeah. So I mean, he, literally. It was his, he wanted to do it, and I respected yeah. that. I was, yeah, that's fine. You right. go, go do it. And and right. so um, I knew when it was time, I'd be there. And um, and, and it was funny because uh, they came to me and they said, uh, you know, we need you to have someone you could work with and work off of. And uh, who would you suggest? And without a blink, I said, Rob West. I said, that's, you know. And they kind of cocked it. Doesn't he hate you? I said, <laughs> yes, but let me talk to him. And um, and so Rob came in and I said, I got to talk to you. And we mm-hmm. sat down and I said, listen, I was in a bad place. And... I never appreciated you as much as I should have, and uh, you were you were you know big reason for my success, and 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 you taught me a lot. And so we're talking, and he's like, "Fine, let's do this thing," and that was it. And now we're we're probably closer now than we've ever been. Um, but he does remind me, like constantly all, all the on the air, that, the, I, that yeah. I fired. But I did, yeah. I did but, not fire him. You know, so. So you got for the record, <laughs> for I did the record, not fire. yes, yes. But it makes for funny radio. Oh, definitely. 
So yeah, you you worked mornings on River Country for two. Was it three years or was it two years? Yeah, no, like, it was. It's close to three because it was. Jim left in nineteen. Well, next week is my third anniversary on uh, the Valley. Okay. Yeah, is that? So with this is twenty one to eighteen. I th- but but or Jim didn't leave and Jim didn't leave till nineteen. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So 19, 20, 21, 30 years. Oh, is that three? Oh. 19 to 20, 20 to 21, that's three years. Oh, okay. Well, it's two years. Right, it's, uh, yeah. So how does that work? But, well, you've been at Milner for almost six no, years. You, yeah. Still, yeah. But I, but then, yeah. Then, As total. I'll have to look it up on my But Facebook. that's two years yeah, Nine, but, from 19 to 21, isn't it? Am I yeah. doing that wrong? I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Maybe Jim left in 18. Maybe time is flying. I, I could swear he left in 19 I don't because know. I remember thinking when the pandemic hit, I kept thinking, I'm, I'm like, boy, I bet Jim Brandt is really glad <laughs> that he left before the pandemic happened because oh, I can't remember. we all know like how crazy it was for oh. the media when the pandemic hit. Mind blowing. And I just kept thinking, I'm like, man, Jim left at like a perfect yeah, time. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll be celebrating my third anniversary next week Re- somehow. Yeah, regardless. Um, but yeah, so that's... Um, regardless, you've been on, you know, the, the morning... Uh, yeah, I love it. The, uh, the morning yeah. show on the Valley yeah. for a, a little stint yeah. now. Um, and uh, and we... we <laughs> I'll never forget when we first met... And um, we we would do crosstalk oh, yeah. on on River Country because you were mornings, I was yeah. middays. So when it came to that transition time, just before ten o'clock, we would do some crosstalk, and that's when you would uh, get upset with me when I wouldn't. Um, I would. Uh, what you would, I, I would not not contradict. That's not no, the word I'm would, looking for. You would. Um... You would uh, deny the verbal reality. Den- yes, deny the verbal reality, and and the, and you would come back to the whole improv thing. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm funny. thinking like, but this is an improv. Right. But then, like after a while, it started to it started to make sense to me. It on, gels. On, well, yeah. it it just because I just kept thinking when you would kept saying that over and over again. I kept thinking, well, this is an improv. This is an improv. Right, this right. is an improv. And then I thought about it more. I'm like, no, it's not. But yeah. Well, here's the thing. That's funny. And, you and to give you an example, I would say I'm trying to. I would say, um, yeah, um, my uh, my pizza was burnt. Yeah. And um, you know, I I liked. No, that's a terrible. I can't think of a good example of. of well, it's uh, an example like it's like uh, Jake. You're looking good. I didn't know you wore uh, a pink jumpsuit to work. And he's like, I'm not wearing a pink jumpsuit. Yes, now, I'm not saying you okay, would do that. Yes, but the but problem that's, that's with that an is, example I'm looking for. And, and the reason it brought it was brought up is because you and I used to do these videos. Yes, and all we the people do that these used live... to work for me. Yeah, used to send me notes going. Oh, you're not chewing his ass for denying the verbiage. You threw me out of the room one time. Well, I was a jerk back then. You yeah, know? we would do Facebook Live videos yeah. of but our but crosstalk. Carol, yeah. Now, when Tui had gone on the road to do stand-up late '90s, um, and then and then at that time the cat was at the Rialto Square with a storefront 
the studio. studio. How cool is that? Bands would come in to do sound checks, and you just wave them in. Come on in. They're like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. You know? So I was doing a show with Peter Adams, who was a very funny guy. He passed away a couple of years ago, and it's it's sad because he he was he was he was good. Um, and Carol Sachs, who's still one of my best friends, and she was, and and so we had some money behind the show, and and and, but Carol, I would always tell her, I was like, if I say something, Carol, just add to it, don't deny it. And yes. She's like, and I used to yell at her all the time. And so she saw a video of us, and that's what set it off. She's like, he's denying the reality. You didn't yell at him. I think there was a couple. Actually, I think there was a couple uh, different people well, that you had worked yeah. with or whatever that would comment on some of those Facebook live videos. But besides that. Yeah, Fredo you, the intern. This, but besides that, off mic, we would have the you would have yeah. these conversations with it because I had only been on the air yeah. for a year at yeah. this point, like in total in my career like i'm only in like i started in 2014 and now it's 2021 like so you know it hasn't been forever right in a day yet but at this point it was only a year yeah that is so so i'm still like learning things and obviously i had an acting background too and things like that a music background but it just like never occurred to me that taking some of those rules from improv because i did do a little bit of improv in junior high so yeah. like i knew some of the some of the basis yeah, yeah. of like like you were saying, like if someone says that the floor is on fire, the floor is on fire. Yeah. Like that's that's it. Right. And then you gotta go from there. Right. So, you know, whatever I remember in improv, it's like whatever your partner says yes. goes. <laughs> so, yes and <laughs> and learn to let go. And and here's how I'll tell you. These are two rules that I've lived by in everything creative, anything any creative collaboration. If you come in and you tell me, you know, I got to tell you, I like drinking out of my dog's bowl. And I say, no, you don't. Now, what I've just done is I've, I've, I've destroyed whatever, wherever you were going with that, I've, I've now, I've now yeah, knocked yeah, it out. It's just, it's so like, I've where do you said, go? Where do you go from there? I don't respect you because I don't think that you're funny. I don't think that that's going anywhere interesting. No, that's not. It's not open like that, but that's no. what you're doing right. as a that's, performer. Yeah. So if you come in and say, you know, you know, I got to admit, I like to drink out of my dog's bowl. And I was like, you know, I follow my dog into the bathroom and we share the toilet. <laughs> now we go, now we got something to build on. Yeah. Now probably not that. That would be a meeting with Tim Milner. <laughs> Mike, were you talking about drinking out of the toilet? So, but I'm saying that uh, now you've got some, now you've got building blocks. Yeah. And another thing is Jake's leading the show. And you say, drinking out of your dog's bowl. And I say, okay, drinking out of the toilet. But you're still talking. Okay, yeah. And drinking out of the toilet. And now you've moved over to your favorite flavors of cat food. Mm -hmm. Now, if I go back, because I've been holding on to the drinking out of the toilet, now I've just stalled the bit again. Because you gotta learn to let stuff go. The best lines, you gotta learn to let them go. Because. What you're doing is you're not moving the bit forward, and 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 I well, you know, and and it gets repetitious. Then it's not funny anymore. And we're going backwards. Yeah. And wherever you were going with the cat food flavors, now mm -hmm. I brought you back to drinking out of the dog's bowl. We haven't progressed a bit. Mm -hmm. And those are things. And so when people would teach me these things in Second City, I'd be like, well, what if I want to argue with you? People don't want to hear arguments. Now that doesn't mean we can't debate. You can right. You can definitely debate. But if I just say. If you say, I like pineapple on pizza, it'd be more interesting if I say, you know, I'm an anchovy guy. 
than saying, no, pineapple sucks on pizza. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't, now where are we going? Right, it just kind of stops, stops from there. So, yeah, those yeah. are the, but those are the weird quirks that I, you know, yeah. that I have. And, deba- and that, that's a that's a great example of of a, a debate versus an argument. The, the debate over an argument, you know. yeah. yeah. That's it. People bickering. <laughs> right. I don't care. You know, there's a reason why sane people don't want to watch The View. <laughs> Because I can't listen to people just negate everything. I I would rather speak louder than you and talk down to you than listen to what you have to say and maybe consider it, even if I even if I disagree. Yeah, I would rather shout you down. That's that's right. garbage. Yeah, and so there's details. You know, mm-hmm. it's all about the details. Yeah, it's it's the same with with people that repeat themselves. Yes. There's no reason to repeat yourself. If you say it emphatically the first time, why am I doing it? I'm doing a tutorial on broadcasting. I shouldn't do this. Who the hell do I think I am? There, there, there's so many. Well, you've been broadcasting for 30 years 30 now. years. 30 years. So. And I've stayed here in this area. And I'll and I tell you, it's been so good to me because people, especially uh, the people that I talk to, I mean, I come in, at, you know, I'm there at quarter to five in the morning. Right. Getting stuff together. Coffee, which is most important. <laughs> yes. And then, you know. Uh, get my I get my studio set up the way it needs to be set up, but the phone's ringing at five o'clock in the morning to I say remember. good morning to me. Yeah, and and it's to it's just to have fun and just to you know share something with me, and the audience is so um, much a part of my day that uh, it's the most rewarding from many aspects of my career, and and so um, I, I love the the valley the valley audience to me. Is like Kankakee's version of what WGN was in Chicago when I was growing up. Yeah. It was always on. It was the go-to source. It was people who were, you know, Wally Phillips. When I was a kid and Steve Dahl was making fun of Wally Phillips, I thought Wally Phillips. And my dad was like, he's like, this guy in the Hawaiian shirt couldn't shine Wally Phillips shoes. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, he doesn't hold it. And and I didn't I couldn't appreciate it. Then you go back and you listen to Wally Phillips and you're like, this was your neighbor. Mm-hmm. This is your guy talking over the fence. Yes. This was this was every, and so that's how the valley is. It's like yeah, that's the go to source out here. And, and and I I I'm honored to be doing mornings there. You know, and I and I have a great time. And Rob and I have a ball. Um, we laugh so hard every morning, and it's it's that's that's something that you. You know, you take for granted, but you got to realize how many people are going to go and they're, it's 100 degrees out and they're listening to you and they're getting relief because they're putting tiles on a roof or they're yes. putting up drywall or they're, uh, they're, they're helping someone who had a heart attack, you know, in, in a hospital or they're, they're cleaning bedpans or, or whatever. These, these noble professions, these police and, and, and first responders are out there saving people's lives, putting their lives on the line. If you can give them a, a smile, you know, Rob and I are like, two, we're like two teenage kids. We laugh and joke and, you know, make up stupid names for each other and just laugh like kids. But you forget what you're doing. Is there someone who gets, and you get these phone calls, you know, hey, my husband passed away and you made me laugh. Or uh, I just went through a divorce and you you brought some levity to my life. Or Boy, I've had a rough week at work, and and that's and especially there's there's something about morning radio, yeah. In particular, it's so different 
from any part of the day. Yeah. And it's and I guess it just goes back to you know, um, not everyone, because some people work night shift. Yeah. And, you know, some people are just coming home to go to bed right. when you're coming on the air. But yeah. in the grand scheme of things, let's just talk about the general nine to five. Yeah. You're, you know, you're you're setting the tone for someone's day. And yeah. I think that's, it's it's a very special thing yeah. from just the, the, you know, like the almost four years that I did morning radio Um that was the like the thing that I grasped onto, yeah. and that I kind of realized this is why this is why morning radio is such a big deal. It's, it's an institution. Why, it's why it's so important. Yeah. It's just because you're setting the tone for someone's day. That's it. You know, and because you know when it comes to the afternoon and they turn on the radio, they've already been at it for yeah. you know however they've been up since you know five o'clock or six o'clock or whatever. And it's just, I don't know. It's different. Like you can, I'm not saying you can't perk someone up when you're on, when you're on the air in the afternoon, but there's just, I don't know what it is. There's just something different about it. There's a delivery nuance. You know, when you're in the afternoon and people have put in their long day, they need someone to help them relax. (laughs) Yeah. And in the morning when they're getting up and they're they're trying to hit that snooze button one more time because they really don't want to go to work because they know they're going to have to fill in for Bill who's not showing up today or yeah. or John whose wife is pregnant and so, oh, she can go into labor. That means I'm going to have to do a double shift. I have to have an energy to get them up and at them. And, um, and, and you got to let people know they're not alone, you know, and they're not alone on the drive yes. home and they're Absolutely. not alone getting up. Because people call and say, oh, I thought I'd get up early. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. 6 o'clock. Right. You've been there since right. 5. Yeah. Right, yeah. No, but, but I get up every day. The alarm goes off at 3.30. I swear. <laughs> yes. I oh, ask yeah. myself what I'm doing. with. This is not normal. It's dark outside. There's coyotes howling in my backyard, and I'm getting up with them. And then you smile and you laugh and you say, here we go. Right. You know? Yeah, when, once you finally get behind the mic then you're like oh you 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 start to to feel better but yeah, yeah I, I remember the same thing like i when when i was doing wake and shake on fav it was like what a show it, it was just like i i would literally probably drop an f-bomb when my alarm would go Absolutely, off or, every or, day. When, or when i'm just getting up to to get out of bed and and i'm just like oh you could ask you know. my wife what's the first thing i do every day i say the f-word <laughs> What the f is this? Yeah, what am I doing? What kind of strange blanking existence? Yeah. What what is wrong with me? Like, and yeah. I and I say that as I walk with one of my socks half off, one of my feet, and the other one missing somewhere yep. in the bed. Yeah. And you know I'm scratching my butt, and I'm like, <laughs> we're out of floss, we're out of dental floss. Right, yeah, I got no, no I gotta go. I gotta go to. I gotta go to work with the yeah. uh, pot roast in my teeth. What? Mm-hmm. And I'm brushing my teeth, and then you know I might hop in the shower just to wake myself up and. And just get it together. The coffee started. Oh, I forgot to put a filter in it. But then I'm on the ride, and I'm 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 thinking of what I'm going to do, and what what do I have to do to make someone who's having a tough time getting up get up? Yeah, because we're all in this together. Yeah, gotta get up. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Rise and shine. Yeah. That's, it's that's like I about. said. It's that that special. Yeah. That special thing. And plus, so. the music is music that you know, especially the '60s and '70s and '80s. That's the soundtrack to my life, and I'm playing it every day, and I have all these yeah. stories attached to it, you know? Right. These different songs that pop up, and you're like, oh, my goodness, I remember that was, you know, whatever. 
so many songs. Rob has some favorite stories that I tell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob, right? Rob knows you. Rob, so you Rob guys, knows guys me know. better than Rob right. knows. Like I'll be like, uh, Rob. Rob is like Radar O'Reilly. You know, I'll be like, I just had that, and he'll hand it to me. <laughs> Where's that? We're gonna talk about. Oh, it's right there. Thanks. You know. Oh, you know, I forgot to load. It's 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 uh it's, it's there. in there. It's, it's in there. your computer. Okay, great. <laughs> Oh, yeah, today's Rob the 20th is... anniversary of oh it's i got the okay. sound bite yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah rob is rob is on top of it that's one my, thing i love glue. yeah that's one thing i love about rob west um just working with him the past two or three years or how oh, yeah. however long it's been since he's been at at milner media is uh he's he's very organized yeah and um of course you have to be if you're going to be a news director um but uh well he cares about reporting Yes. And, and that's, oh, absolutely. And that's it's not a job yeah. to him. It's a vocation. And, yeah. and I'll tell you something else about Rob. He's a a good, good person. And he is someone who, um, he's one of those guys that if you ask him, hey, I really need you to come help me move, he's not going to make an excuse. Yeah. That's yep. why I would never call him to help me move because <laughs> I know I would feel bad that he would do it. Yeah. Me, I'd be like, oh, I'd love to, but, but uh, I, yeah, I I'm gotta, waxing my arm here. You're right. Know, I so. got to feed my cats. I got to feed spots like yeah. in the Munsters, you know, yeah. the, the big whatever the heck obnoxious dog it was that the Munsters had. But um, Boy, this is like a therapy session. Maybe <laughs> I'm still thinking about certain stories that I've told here. I want to go back to the late 90s um, okay. with Peter and Carol when I was at the when – I, when I was at the uh, the Rialto studio, the Rialto. and I tell these stories because I, I, I have this thing when I, when I when I talk to kids and young people who are going through tough times. If you choose a life in the arts or the media, you are going to have extremely difficult times. And I mean any job for any that job, matter, but but you're going to especially have, you're going to have perform- heartbreakers. Yeah, especially performing arts or anything art performing arts creative. You are going to yeah. have times when you say, oh, my goodness, I've lost everything. Or what if I put all – it's never going to happen again. It's, you can't give up. And so I'll give you a couple of points in my career. Um, the year 2000, I was with Peter and Carol at The Cat. I got a call from a guy named Tony Gates in Grand Rapids, legend in, in rock and roll radio. He says, um, we're getting rid of Howard Stern, and your name popped up. I said, well, let me throw this at you, Tony. Now, you got you to gotta understand, I went from a house in Plainfield that I built with my first wife to an apartment in Crest Hill with a guy who smoked crack underneath me, and it would come up through the vents. So I was... In such a deep throw of depression, okay? And that's why my wife is, is, she's not a wife, she's an angel from heaven who has saved my life. And so I have to say that because the first two years of our marriage, I was in the throes of complete depression and insanity. Tony calls me and says, um, I want you to, you know, consider this. And I said, well, here's the deal. You don't want to be the person who replaces Howard Stern. You want to be the person who replaces the person who replaces Howard Stern. Yeah. Because the first person they play, he goes, mm-hmm. we'll take care of that. There'll be, there'll be, there'll be a guarantee that we're going to stick with you. Okay. So back and forth, I said to this new girl that I'm dating, 
Denise. I said, listen, I'm moving. My divorce isn't over. I got to get out of here. She says, I'll move with you. It's okay. Now she's dedicated. It was a week before I was leaving and he called me. He's like, hey, I got to talk to you. He goes, we got a snafu in the negotiation. Now, the money was wonderful. The market, Grand Rapids, beautiful. He's like, there's a clause in Howard's contract that he can stay for a year if indeed we get rid of him. Now, I don't know all this, you know, all the semantics and all the, the, the formatics of that. But I was like, well, I got my stuff in bags. I'm, I understand that. He's like, I'll keep you in mind. He goes, we'll keep in touch. So, so they were going to get rid of Howard. He's able to stay for a year if he decides to, right? If you want to give him. That was his contract. Some, some weird thing like that. He has an option to stay at probably a lower rate, you know? So if they're mm-hmm. paying him, you know, $2 million a year and they say, we're only going to give you 150000 this year, and he has the option to say, well, I'll stay in the market or, you know, get lost. Something like that. In that time, in the year, Kevin Matthews, who started in that market, is a free agent. He goes and takes that gig. So I don't get it. So uh-huh. heartbroken, okay? It is what it is. So that was number one. And then the, the other one um, was uh, going to New York. I got called to go to New York, and they were, uh, you know, when you go to New York, that's the biggest thing ever. Oh, yeah. That's the place. Uh, right. you know, especially for radio. You want to be in the, the, you're the, you're the king. WNBC. WNBC. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I get in touch with this woman, or she gets in touch with me, and she says, I'm interested in, in, in nurturing your career. I'd start you in Rhode Island and then maybe New Jersey and and, and we'll have a whole five-year plan for you. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. They take me and my first wife down there and we don't pay for a thing. We're going to the restaurants. We're hanging out with Rob Zombie. I mean, I'm like, this is a whirlwind. This is insanity. I'm some kid doing, you know, really bad radio in Joliet at the time. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is this is it. This yeah. is it. I'm going to be, my mother gets sick and she's like, okay, here's a, here's the map. We're going to send you to Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. You're going to start there and then we're going to map you out. And, you know, and so they had this five-year plan for me. And it was, it was a matter of leaving my mother who I knew was going to pass away or taking this job. And I didn't take it. And, you know, it's a river. Yeah. And you get washed ashore and you're forgotten about in six months. I don't care who you are, you know? And, and so I said, I can't do it. I said, my mother's, my mother's sick and I can't leave. And I didn't. And, um, and you know, and so, and so, so all those things, the only reason I'm bringing those up is if you're going to dedicate your life to doing something well, be in love with the work. Because I'm in love with what we're doing right now. Oh, absolutely. Having a great discourse with an intelligent person about things that I'm into, that's good work. And so whether you're, you know, Lupe Carroll, he should be a household name. You know, he, he played the intro. Right, yeah. A beautiful singer, an extraordinary musician. Yep, he's amazing. And he's not a household name across America. Should be. But he's a great musician. He loves the work. You know what I'm saying? And so you look at that across the board. There's people in every aspect of the arts who are doing amazing. So if you keep saying to yourself, well, I have to be rich and famous. I have to do this. I have to make it there. I have to. 
then then you're missing the point. The point is if you're if you have a an avenue to do the work, I mean obviously it has to it has to generate some sort of revenue and recognition or else maybe you suck. You know, that's right, the thing. right. I mean, but if no one cares about what you're doing. But there's only so much room at the top. There's only so much room at the top. And right. there's only so much room just under that too. Right. So and, and so if you're objective and you know what you do is good, do it. And if it gets recognized and people find it, then you're doing it right. Yeah. And especially now. But but you, know. you could be as amazing as ever and it'll just never happen. I've, and that's yeah. just and that's just we all know people that are amazing in whatever creative aspect they're working on, and they're not at the top. Right. But because there's so, obviously there's so many things that feed into yes. that and yes. into whatever it is, whether it's radio or acting or music or whatever, there's just so many things. But at the end of the day, if they love what they do, they're just going to keep, you know, keep There's great actors on. doing local theater that are better actors, you know, from a, from a uh, skill and, and talent standpoint than some of the major players. So what? Yep. And it's the same thing with music, musicians. Are you kidding me? You could go around Kank a Key on a Friday night, hit all these bars and listen to guys and girls, girls singing. Um, Lee Evan, the, the, Lee Evan in the lowdown. The, the, I just met her because she's a listener. She likes to guess uh, the... Uh, uh, time capsule course. Oh, okay. and she's really good at it like she'll know the <laughs> but I just met her over that way uh-huh. and she'd call in and say that and she'd, oh I got a band okay and uh, can I send you a CD sure and you know people send me CDs all the time and I listen to them like oh the kid's a good guitar player oh they're a good drummer on that one but I listen to her stuff I'm like holy cow she's got it and she's great and she's known around here so that's fine and um and the same thing with so many, like you say, there's stand-up comics who we all know are geniuses, who are like rewriting the way the comedy's done, but no one knows who they are. So what? Some people do, and the people who do know appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah. So be in love with the work if you choose this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For man. a long story short, we've been going for almost two hours. Two hours? <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> there's there's just so much going on with Mike Tamano. So I love to um, talk about this stuff. Yeah, I well, you some went, of this stuff you pulled some of this stuff out of me. I had I, I like my I eyes saw started that. rolling were, up in my you head. Saw, you started tensing up a I little did. bit. I, I could I could I could see my the, hands the, You became T Rex over there. Yeah, your did. hands just shortened up and. But I've had um, the honor of working with some beautiful people. Yeah. And uh, and every morning, you know, when I, I and and I work with Rob West, who's a great partner, and he's a, he's a great friend, and we I'll put a plug in. We, yeah. we do mornings at WVLI ninety two point seven FM. You can hear it streaming in live Technicolor audio at WVLI ninety two seven dot com. Yeah, beautiful. And, it, and it's uh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for no, thinking of me. No, thanks for thanks for wanting to be on. And I just thought it uh, would have been interesting too, because. Because not everyone, it, not everyone listens to the radio. Not well, everyone listens to, listen to the valley. Some people listen and say, "No, that was 1999." I don't know my years. <laughs> right. I, mean, I don't know. That's well, why I had to go back and forth. Right. There, there's going to be people that have been listening to you for years and yeah. don't know much about you. Yeah. And but then there's other people that just don't know who you are, or maybe they just know your name. And they yeah. might hear this and like, "Oh, wow, this is you know pretty interesting." So that's the that's the whole point behind this. this but awesome. um, also, but before we. Uh, before we end, too, you are working on a podcast, um, and yeah. that's going to be out here soon. 
Um, yeah, I know you're still right. You're still working. I'm gonna on take that. pictures and of I, all your equipment. <laughs> and actually, by I well, the, I believe this. Uh, I we're recording this way before June, but uh, this might be the first episode of June by the time yeah. this gets released. So, well, because of what we just did here, talking about the creative process and talking about careers in 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 whatever, um, I'm fascinated by that. And so I have I had a dream list of people that I wanted to interview, and so I thought. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to talk to these people. It's tough. It's tough booking guests these days because yes. because no one's doing anything that usually you get celebrities when they're promoting something. Yes. And uh now it's like um you know here's a funny story. I uh I'm going through my old phone books cuz I figured there's been some great guests that I'd like to have on again on my podcast. Um remember Gallagher smashed the pumpkin uh, smashed the uh watermelons? Gallagher? Yeah, Sledgematic. He hit the he would hit the Boy, I'm showing my age now. Are, are everybody talking... knows Gallagher the comedian. You know, oh, okay. Where's the Derby and When the... you said Gallagher, I was thinking of uh Oasis, the band Oasis. No, I don't have their phone number. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like Hello? Wow. <laughs> Leave me alone. It's tea time. No, I um Gallagher, the guy who smashes watermelons, he's a comedian from the eighties. No. Okay. And I had his phone number, I was like I should talk to Gallagher on my podcast. Uh-huh. And I called and his wife answered. I said, hey, this is Mike Tomano. I said, I've been in the Chicago area and doing radio for a long time. And uh, Gallagher did a show with me. She's like, let me stop. Is this for an interview? I said, yeah. And she says, he's retired. He's just retired. And I said, okay. I said, that's cool. She's like, yeah, I, I hope you don't take it the wrong way. I go, I'm not taking it the wrong way. I think that's you know, good for him. Bless yeah. his retirement. Right. If I were retired, the last thing I want to do is talk about my career. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think right. There's no point to it. Yeah. Know? Yep. Yeah, and but but you're gonna you're gonna find some. I got some great good, ones. Yeah, you'll get some good ones, and and I know you're you're with your podcast. You'll be focusing on comedy, and yeah. uh, but also music and just cre- other creative. Yeah. Entities that there's things that I can't fit into a morning radio show because I'm there to serve my audience. Yeah, and it's just not formatted to do a two hour conversation with someone about you know their life as a painter. Yes, but I'm interested in that, and (laughs) I think people will be able to download it and listen to it at their leisure. And uh, musicians, comedians, and I have a lot of sketches that while they're not you know, completely R-rated. They're not gonna. They're not gonna fly <laughs> on my morning radio show. And um, yeah, it's gonna be a long-form conversation like this. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Well, thank so. you so much for having me. Thank you. I for hope being I did on. okay. No, you did wonderful. I loved it, and I'm sure I, I, many people will have loved it too. I know I did. You're like, doing a great job. We could we could do this all day long. So the museum stuff <laughs> that you're doing, I have that one downloaded, ready to roll, and and, Thanks, man. and the. Uh, Eric Peterson. Yeah, that was me? the first one, man. That was great. That's Eric kid, was so everybody good. Everybody wants their daughter to marry an Eric Peterson. <laughs> I, in life. I honestly, I think yeah. so. I. It's funny. I had people after listening to that first episode with Eric, yeah. were like, I just liked listening to his voice. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's cause, awesome because he has. He's got that nice, deep, yeah, voice, sexy sounding voice, you know. And yeah, so even people just loved that aspect. But obviously, he had great. You know, great stories as well. He's so, he's, a, he's a sweetheart. Yeah, he's and, he's uh, a wonderful guy. And you're so. you got Lupe to do your song. Lupe's doing the song. He'll be a guest um, sometime in the next few months too. He's so. an amazing cat. He is. Yeah, and uh, lucky to know him. Yeah, so. 
And, and it's, it's people like that. And there's a ton of people out here, um, artisans and, oh, and yeah. creative people and and even people in politics and in, in, in service. They, they're so dedicated to the area. It's, it's, it's admirable. This yeah. whole area is admirable. Really is. So, Mike Tamano, thank you again, sir. Appreciate your time. Jake, it's a blast, man. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. So uh, that's uh, that for, that, that's it for this episode of Kankakee Podcast. I'm Jake Lamore. Uh, don't forget, you can uh, subscribe to us wherever it is that you find podcasts. You can find all the different links at kankakeepodcast.com. You can also sign up for our mailing list there as well. Or if you want to contact me, there's a contact form that you can fill out if uh, you're interested in being a guest on the show or anything like that, you just want to contact me about something pertaining to the podcast, you can do that. Or you can always email me at kankakeepodcast at gmail.com and find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Kankakee Podcast. And yes, our theme song is by Lupe Carroll. Lupe! <laughs> Voice of an angel. Yes. Rivers carry on